The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know the reason you never see a baby armadillo is because armadillos aren't actually born. They were all hewn from the living stone many millions of years ago, and periodically they shed their outer shell and become slightly smaller. That's why old armadillos are, are very large and new armadillos are much smaller, you see. Uh, in fact, a famous example of an armadillo shell that was shed a long time ago and repurposed by humans is the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts to unlock bonus content and find out how you can get our episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 25 through 27 of Lord of Chaos, book 6 of the Wheel of Time. Previously, Rand meets Loyal's family and takes them on a fun day trip to a pit of nightmares and eldritch horror. <laughs> Matt finds a bunch of Aiel assassins sent to murder him in the dead of night and makes friends with the cutest damn kid ever. Samael casts some serious doubt on a running theory that he's the dumbest forsaken, uh, but it's, you know, the jury's still out. <laughs> an, embassy from the White Tower arrived, uh, an embassy from the White Tower arrives in Kyrian, but Rand's teleporting makes him a little tricky to pin down, so it's kind of unclear whether they will actually find him there. <laughs> <laughs> I think all told, maybe Belal was the stupidest forsaken. Which one was he? I the first. He was the no, one in Tyr, right? He's the one that they killed in the third one, who was in Tyr, and his whole plan was like, I'm going to get Rand to come to me in Tyr, and then Rand comes and kills him. No, doesn't Moraine kill him? Yeah, Moraine kills him. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's even more he gets killed. He doesn't even get killed by the dragon reborn. <laughs> yeah, he just gets got in the back. <laughs> Wait, so if he was an Aes Sedai from back in the day, a really powerful one, and Moraine is a contemporary Aes Sedai, isn't that kind of like an adult being beaten up by a kid? Yeah. Well, a kid with a shotgun. Sure. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> so chapter 25, like lightning and rain, icon of the Andoran lion. So the wise ones pump Egwene for information about the White Tower Aes Sedai that are in town. Yeah, they have a little wise one chat circle. They're like, dish about your sisters, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, Egwene finds out that, well, she doesn't know their name yet, but the younglings are with the Aes Sedai. I think we were a little confused about that before. Well, I mean, I was, I was not confused. <laughs> we well. as a group were confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the wise ones come up with a plan to scout and track the Aes Sedai and, you know, go to the library and try and research the things they're researching and just do all the stuff to jam them up. And they're really disappointed to learn that they can't dream spy on Aes Sedai. Yeah. Because they ward their dreams. They ward their dreams, which is... I wonder exactly why they do that, because dreamwalking is not a thing for them. I, 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 that is a good point. I seem to recall that it's a dark one thing. This is in like book one. Oh. Maureen was talking about how everyone had to sleep close to her because she kept the, the dark one away. I guess she was dreamwarding. Oh, right. I yeah. guess? I don't know. So maybe there's more terrors in the dream world than even we know about now. But I have to say, the Aes Sedai bringing a, like an army with them is not particularly diplomatic, is it? No. An army of 500 guys? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, so 500 guys isn't enough to really challenge him militarily, so maybe it's an honor guard or they could portray it that way? Do I, honor guards get that big? That's what I was wondering. Like, like I, think, I think you're right that it's supposed to be an honor guard, and, and maybe you're right in, in, like, the scale that we, if we know that there, he's got, what, like, 200,000 Aiel or something mm -hmm. like that? 
five hundred is is a drop in the bucket, but still, that feels like a whole lot of people to be like. Also, oh, yeah. these guys aren't official Tarvalon troops, right? They're the younglings. They're this kind of weird military organization that the I said I don't really know what to do with. So yeah, they're not that. They're not honor guard material, and I said I have warders, so they don't need protection. Oh yeah, and they're also. WMDs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I said I really don't need that much protection because they can shoot lasers out of their hands yeah, and stuff. So it seems sketchy to me. Yeah, it's 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 a little strange. And Egwene immediately heads over to spy on the White Tower Isidai with magic channeling spying, which is very risky behavior in my opinion. But y- yeah, I mean channeling around Aes Sedai, we know that they can, you know, detect when you're channeling around them. Yeah. So. Especially because she isn't a full I said I yet. Yeah, she's not. And she's constantly worried that they're going to grab her and drag her back to Tarvalon. Don't you think that's going to happen? Like, she's on borrowed time by now, right? Surely. She's been lying like this for so long. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to come out sooner or later. Like, lots of people know (laughs) Egwene Sedai of the Green Aja, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she hasn't been making a secret of that or anything, so... Yeah. Uh, also, on the way over, she's like asking for directions every five minutes. She's not being very stealthy here. <laughs> <laughs> Which way did the ice and I? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but she she manages to listen in on them a little bit. Doesn't learn anything except she detects that they are channeling something. They're channeling something fierce in that in that house. Yeah. But she does bump into Gawain. Who's with the younglings. Like, literally. She runs into him like a brick wall or something. Mm -hmm. And it is smooch (laughs) o'clock. Well, it's a little awkward at first. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm here with the evil eyes tonight. And she's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) But she gets over it pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, you want to go head over to a private room in the tavern? She's like, yeah. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, I mean, considering what they've been doing in their dreams is, you know, pretty inevitable, right? Uh, they do not appear to make it all the way to the bone chamber <laughs> in the end. But they certainly knock on the door <laughs> and say hi. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, we have an opportunity here, right? Because we know that Gwen's got a whole lot of stupid misinformation that's leading him to come to some like unfortunate conclusions. So mm-hmm. maybe she can straighten him out a little bit? If they yeah. can get around a little love talk. If they thing. can start actually talking to each other a little bit. Yeah, between but, the making out and well, stuff. Well, what, what happens here is I actually noted a similarity between this and her interaction with Rand because she kind of makes several demands of him, like, you know, promise you won't tell them about me. And then he asks her what, something very simple, where's Elaine, and she just won't tell him. Yeah. She just yeah. gives him nothing at all. Uh, yeah, it, it's frustrating. And I, 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 I'm sure she's doing it out of, you know, some sense of, like, Righteousness. She's like, oh, I gave this oath or whatever. But it, at this point, it's really inconvenient for everything, right? Yeah. Well, it's annoying because she's so self-righteous, but she really picks and chooses what sort of code she's going to follow. Because she mm. makes a big deal about Gito and incurring toe against people. And then she's like, well, that's dumb. Except she also thinks she should follow it, but not. Yeah. She really definitely changes things to suit herself. Mm-hmm. Like this whole long thing about spying and how you're not supposed to do it, but it's okay that she's doing it for reasons. Right, yeah, because it's important this time. Mm-hmm. And that you're not supposed to lie to anybody, but but she has to lie to these people, you know? Yeah. yeah. Gwen's like, hey, you're going to come back to the White Tower? And she's like, nah, nah, dude, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to play out like that. But I guess he's putting his uh, vengeance on hold for a little bit until she... Can. Yeah, she so- asks him not to... <laughs> This is, this is kind of a BS request. Not to take revenge on Rand until she can prove that he's innocent. 
which so could be forever, right? Forever. Mm -hmm. like, you can't really prove a negative. I mean, the only way that that could happen is if Morgay shows up, right? Yeah, which could never happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, after smooching, she goes back to snooping on the Aes Sedai. Yeah, and they are certainly up to something. Every time she goes by there, they're channeling, and it's like a constant mm -hmm. thing, and I don't think that's normal for Aes Sedai. No, yeah, it's not. So we get a little overview of what the Aes Sedai are doing, and they are promising various powerful people in Kyrian that they will rule Kyrian after Rand is gone. This They're, seems a little preemptive, right? Yeah, this, this clearly... I, I don't think they are stupid enough to believe that they can just talk Rand into coming with them that, that easily. I don't know. I mean, it seems ridiculous to us, but from the Aes Sedai's perspective... They don't know much about Rand, and I guess they're used to everyone just kind of doing what they say, right? Like, mm -hmm. who else in the entirety of the world would... I mean, they make a point of saying that even Pedro Nial, who hates Aes Sedai, if he was summoned to the White Tower, he'd probably go, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe they do really literally think he's yeah. going to do that. And they're also sneaking more Aes Sedai into the city. That is very concerning. Yeah, they are breaking the rules. Yeah. Not good. I thought there's a fun little thing where they're uh, they're trying to puzzle out who this mysterious Aes Sedai is, and they're like, <laughs> the green Aes Sedai, she's short. Moraine is short. It's probably Moraine. And then someone's like, Moraine would never lie about what Aja she's <laughs> <laughs> Like you guys are morons. <laughs> Chapter twenty six, connecting lines. Icon of a sunburst. So Rand finally does this thing. Where he goes and observes the Saldeans doing their, uh, their, their exercises on horseback. But we still don't find out why this is important. But man, these Saldeans get rowdy on horseback. It's pretty mm -hmm. great. Oh yeah, they're like crawling underneath the horse and stuff. and Doing like handstands and like standing on the saddle and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. He makes a point of saying that, that Bashir is like advising them, but he makes a point of also being like standing on his saddle while he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... It's, Pretty cool. It's, it's pretty a little cool. bit less impressive when you're really short. That's true. That's I mean, you know, maybe he has to stand on the horse <laughs> <door and see laughs> see over the horse's head. Oh. <laughs> we get a brief encounter with Bashir's wife, who mm -hmm. seems to be a force. She's a large lady. Not mm -hmm. fat, just large. Yeah, yeah, they make a big point of like, not stout, not, uh, not plump, but just big. And she hates Rand. <laughs> yeah. F f do we know why? Probably because her husband is now serving the Dragon Reborn and she, her life is not going to play out the way she thought it was. Oh, okay, sure. I bet she just doesn't trust Rand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I suspect that she's she's defensive of what she suspects is like a very dangerous situation for her husband. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little throwaway thing here that I, I wanted to point out because I, I suspect it's going to come back later, but Sulin's gone missing. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if she's doing some kind of penance for hand-talking to the Gaishane. And I wonder what that... What, what does that mean for an Aiel, I wonder? Who knows? Yeah. Aiel BS. Yeah. <laughs> they probably, you know, locked her in a dark room or beat her with sticks and sent her in the desert. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And there's one little bit here that I thought was really funny where Rand starts... He's talking to Luz Theron... And then he wonders, like, is, is that what I'm going to be like when I go mad? I keep checking myself for going mad, but I've seen no sign of it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm sure you'd notice, right? Yeah. Right, Rand? Aww. <laughs> right, it's like, I'm not crazy. That guy in my head, he's crazy. <laughs> the one who's always talking to me that no one else can hear. Yeah. He's the crazy one. 
and con- and continuing with Rand thinking Balefire would solve everything. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Balefire, uh, no. And no. Luce Theron's like, nah, nah, man, no. Yeah. Even the the ancient insane wizard is <laughs> <that laughs> gibbering with madness all the time. Is like Balefire, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's yeah. reel back the Balefire, man. <laughs> Too cray cray. <laughs> But there, yeah, apparently there's some special rocks. I don't know that he makes Rand makes a point of identifying these rocks. Yeah, he says Bashir put them there, and he hoped nobody noticed. I guess there is some plant. You were saying that this is subterfuge of some sort, though. I we still don't know anything about what it is. I I have a theory of what it is, but uh, we'll see if I'm right. Okay. When it happens, are you going to be like, "That's what my theory was"? That's it. yes. That's I'm setting that up right now. <laughs> do, whatever do, it is. Do you have to write it on a piece of paper and seal it in an envelope so we can open it later? <laughs> So, uh, on their yeah. way back, there is an assassination attempt on Rand. There's crossbowmen shooting at them, and some maidens die, which is kind of sad. It's yeah. been a while since he's had, had an assassination attempt on him, since he's been surrounded by, you know, 100,000 Aiel. <laughs> right, yeah. And they almost get him, because uh, one of the maidens actually has to shove him out of the way and take a crossbow bolt for him. Yeah. Uh, and so this is white cloaks, I guess. It appears to be white cloaks, but who knows? I don't trust anybody. Yeah, I was, I was at this point. It, from what we know, I don't think Pedro Neal wants to kill Rand yet. But yeah. it's unclear, you know. Yeah, totally unclear. It could be some other Forsaken or some other dark friend making their own play. Yeah. They were dirty white cloaks. Like, the white cloaks that they had were dirty, which usually indicates dark friend die cloaks. Oh, maybe, maybe it's Patton Fane. Maybe he's in town. Oh. oh. We haven't heard from him in a while, and we had, he did have... Wasn't he rolling around with a bunch of dirty white cloaks? He was, although this isn't really his style. Yeah, that's true. He's more of a, a monologuer. <laughs> <laughs> he would want Rand to know it was him who did it. So we find out that Rand has a list of all the maidens who have died in his head. That he feels super especially guilty for. Mm-hmm. And Luz Theron has put his wife's name on the list. Because <laughs> that's, you know, I mean, he wanted to tack his own name on there. He's <laughs> yeah. like, I guess if we're sharing a brain, then it's probably fine if you put your wife's name on there. <laughs> Since we're kind of responsible, I guess, sort of. <laughs> yeah. But he's not crazy. That no is not a crazy thing to do. It's a considerate thing to do. And he heads back to the palace where he hears about some sea folk emissaries. But before that, he gets a history lesson from one Lady Elenia. Brushing up on his Andorran history. Yeah, which I didn't exactly know why he cared about this, but it becomes it becomes clear at the end. Right. Because <laughs> she gives him basically a brief history of all the queens of Andor back to Arthur Hawkwing, which is fascinating. I love it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, but I don't really care as much about that part. <laughs> yeah, like, what about more recent queens of Andor? Uh, <laughs> and he's saying, it, it, what he's getting at, of course, is... How closely related are Tigrain and Morghese, therefore how closely related are he and Elaine? Yes. I mean... And, and she's like, well, you know, we're all cousins here in the houses. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. okay. If you weren't royal... Yeah, if you guys were just like farmers, how closely related would you be? Yeah. And she, she's like, oh, that's such a weird idea. But I guess not related at all. He's like, cool. yeah, game okay. on. Yeah, meeting over. Thanks for your time. <laughs> You have somewhere to be, right? Yeah. Okay. I liked learning about all this history of the... the. It was Hawkwing's general who, I guess, married a, a lady who was this great politician, and they built Andor out of the ashes of Hawkwing's empire while everybody else was trying to, to rule everything. Yeah, and, and these these uh, ancient bloodlines and the, these various tie, blood ties are apparently how they determine succession in Andor, which is something we never really knew before. Right. 
So that's that's how they decide who's next in line. Although it does seem a bit like there's a lot of politicking involved in yeah, how many connections like you have. There's a lot of gray area yeah. here. Especially when she talks about the fact that, oh, none of those things matter if you're not a royal, right? <laughs> yeah. like you're not actually related. I don't think she gets enough credit, though, for her excellent historical knowledge. Yeah, she's on the spot with this. Mm-hmm. It's true. Conveniently. Because now Rand knows he could bone. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, he, was, he hadn't ruled out. Possibly. I mean, that's a good point. Like, he was just like he, he didn't say he wasn't going to do it if he found that they were cousins. <laughs> yeah. He just—it's like you know, when he he just wanted to be able to make that decision for himself. It's Listen. just good to know. <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't like. So if you guys are like, you know, if you noble houses are all as close as cousins, don't tell me about that. But if you're not as close as cousins, do tell me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like he and Lane are like, okay, on the count of three, say what the closest blood relation you'd be willing to fuck would be. <laughs> Cousin, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he heads back to Kyrian, stiffing the Sea Folk emissaries, which is a little sad. I wanted to see what they I know, to. me too. You know, and I feel like these Sea Folk have had a rough trip. Like, they spend a lot of time mastering boats, and the world isn't necessarily covered in water. So they've probably spent a lot of time walking. Mm-hmm. And that's not what they're all about. Yeah, it's not. It's in their name. They're not. They're not land folk. They're yeah. Sea Folk. Yeah, they let the boats do the walking. That's right. Chapter twenty-seven: Gifts, an icon of the dragon. So, Egwene returns to the tents from canoodling with Gawain again. I guess there's regular canoodling going on between them. And she, one of her dreams, she's interpreted this dream to mean that, she, that he is going to be her warder at some point. So, oh, yeah, the kneeling dream, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I guess that's nice. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I feel a little sorry for him, honestly. Yeah. She's I'm, kind of insufferable. Yes. He seems to be in love with her, though. Uh, I mean... Someone, someone on the on our one of our groups corrected us. They did actually spend quite a bit of time together in Tarvalon, right? Like we thought they spent like a few weeks yeah. together, but apparently it's something like six months. Because that was the time when Rand was like making everybody in his party relive all their possible lives and all possible dimensions yeah. in order to get across the world. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "I'm going to save us some time," and then it didn't didn't end up working <laughs> yeah. that way. So I guess they they're probably pretty tight. I guess, but man, he he he's got the patience of a saint, right? Yeah. Yeah. But luckily, they aren't letting all of this impending doom world thing get in the way of them having some fun, right? Lots of making out. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah. And Rand is back in Kyrian, and he is set to meet with the White Tower Aes Sedai. So Egwene goes to Rand, all sneak-like, sneaks into the palace. And she's walking around the city a whole lot for a runaway uh, Aes Sedai in a city that now has a bunch of Aes Sedai in it. Mm-hmm. Like, she's making her way back. And now the Aes Sedai even know that there's someone there because they caught her channeling. Like, we, we learned from Gwyn that... <laughs> They're now looking for somebody because they, they sensed her channeling because of course they did, right? Yeah, because she went immediately to their house and channeled a bunch outside of it. And, and they can sense women who can channel if they're close enough. Mm-hmm. She really should be more careful. Okay, Jeff, I need, your, I need your memory and your knowledge here. Why did she start lying about it in the first place? They first started lying about this when they left the White Tower on Swan Sanchez's orders to hunt the Black Aja. Yes. And they were lying to say that they were Aes Sedai in order to get more respect from people because mm-hmm. accepted don't leave the tower. Right. So they had to tell everybody they were Aes Sedai in order to get anywhere. Okay. And so then when, when she first met the Aiel on the way to Tyr, uh, she told them they were Aes Sedai. And so ever since then, she's been lying to them. Because, okay. you know... She never thought she'd be spending the rest of the next three books hanging out with Aiel. But she's doing that, and now <laughs> she has to like, ride that lie all the way through, I guess. Yes. Because yeah. I, I think if they, they, they've said something, they made her swear that they, she wouldn't lie to them again, or something like that, right? There's, I think it was Amos who said, if you lie to me again, I'll 
send you away and never teach yes, you again or something Yes, like she did say that. And I think that she could have easily just dropped this pretense and just said, oh, that was just something for the road a long time ago. But now she can't. Probably too late now, right? <laughs> yeah. It's one of those lies that you just, you know keeps getting bigger and, and harder to control. Honestly, for all I rag on Egwene, I think that she is more competent than most of the Aes Sedai we meet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, most of the full-ranked Aes Sedai. We've been spending a lot of time inside of her head, and she is thinking strategically a lot of the time. You know, she's thinking about what's happening, and she's probably not wrong about the things that she's thinking most of the time. Yeah. Some of the stuff she thinks is dumb, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. <laughs> That's true. Except for Matt. Matt's perfect. <laughs> Matt's pretty good. I mean, he's pretty good. He's, he's gotten a lot better. So anyway, yeah, she goes to Rand, and her goal is to, A, ask him for another favor, you know, while she doesn't do favors for anybody else, to not mention her presence, and B, to try and manipulate him into not being friendly with the White Tower Aes Sedai, because she doesn't want him to side with them. Uh, it, and it's interesting, because Rand is seems to be approaching the situation with more caution than he has previously, and I'm wondering if it's because he had this experience with Lana that now he's, like, not being so brazen about dealing with Aes Sedai. Yeah, maybe it's a good thing in that way. Yeah. And, and this talk does go a little bit better than the last time Rand and Egwene had a chat, at least. <laughs> yeah, it does. They don't argue too much. Egwene is trying to manipulate him, but doing kind of an incompetent job at it, I guess. I think Rand is kind of onto her now, you know? Oh, yeah. He's definitely fucking with her. Like, yeah. You know, there's the thing where she's like, she knows that he's, he reacts in certain ways, so she's like, uh, I'll do some reverse psychology on him. I'll be like, yeah, you should be really polite to these. I said, I really, really uh, meek and, and deferential. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll be really meek and deferential, sure. And she's like, fuck, no, no, damn it. Right. Uh, there is a moment where Rand is talking to Luster, which I guess answers your question, Jeff. Yes, oh, yeah. when he's talking to Luce there, and he is talking out loud. He's just talking. Because Egwene is like watching him. She's like, she's like, who is he talking to? So everyone around him, he's definitely like saying these things so out loud. Yeah, so he's talking to himself twenty four seven. Yeah, every time, every time we're in Rand's head, and he's like, it, it looks like he's thinking to himself. No, he's saying those things out loud. Wow, no wonder everybody is freaked out all the time. He's really super acting like he's crazy. So they surprise them in the middle of their discussion. The White Tower Aes Sedai show up early. That's an Aes Sedai power move. Show them what they're not expecting. I guess so, yeah. And so Brand has to hide Egwene in the chamber itself with a Sidon invisibility cloak. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's nifty. So I thought this scene was really well written, actually. This book has been a little uh, turgid up to this point. Mm -hmm. But... This, this scene was sharp, you know, it was really dramatic, and we got to see kind of the perspective, an uh, outsider's perspective on what Rand is like as the, this combo lose Theron, Randall Thor, Dragon Reborn character, mm -hmm. who's really kind of scary and, and, and very smart and very powerful. And we also got to see how these Aes Sedai are kind of approaching him. This, yeah, this whole, this whole thing is, is, is almost choreographed. Like, they show up and they're... Well, for, first of all, they show up with a dozen extra women, yeah. which, I mean, we know, Rand quickly determines that they're not Aes Sedai, but it, to me, it seems like something that's designed to put him off guard or make him, like, questioning or uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's a, a very suspicious number for him. Yeah. Because if any of them are Aes Sedai, then that means that they're... Absolutely. They're, yeah. And he immediately checks them out, you know, he looks at their faces and tries to figure out if they're uh, Aes Sedai or not. Also, they show up linked and channeling. 
Yeah, right? Like, they're ready for a fight. And he makes them stop. He makes them stop channeling. He says, the rule is no channeling around me. Which I actually think was a bit of a mistake, because they didn't know that he could tell they were channeling. Yeah, you shouldn't reveal that. Yeah. But it, he, it's, it's a power move, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes back and forth, and this... this this discussion operates on, on several different levels. It's pretty cool because they, they think he's a you know a dunce. They try to bribe him. They show, <laughs> so they, they show up to awkward. the guy who is the effective ruler of Tyr, Kyrian, and Andor, and the Aiel, uh-huh. and try and bribe him with like a chest of gold. Which is, you know, a lot of money, but like we know like Rand is pretty rich at this point, you know, not by accident, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, he gets a tenth of a tenth, right? Or something like that. Right, of all of Kyrian and Tyr. Yeah. yeah it, it's, he's, he's incredibly rich. Yeah. But uh, I guess they don't know that, and he kind of plays into it a little bit. You he know? totally does, yeah. So Because they, they think he's this kind of shallow, power-hungry dude. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the role he plays for them, because that's what they want to hear. Yep. And it, uh, it's, it's interesting, yeah. I, I thought this, this particular scene just popped off the page. It's kind of... There's a little bit of a comical moment, too, because... You know, he's told them they can't channel, and clearly they were intending to, like, do some kind of, like, you know, prestige thing where they, like, flipped open the chest and shot gold in the air with magic or whatever, and they're like, oh, we can't do that anymore. Hey, hey, can you open those chests? And the maids are like, us? I thought you were going to, no? Okay, well, this is kind of like a, a, a stumbling moment. Like, he, his, his little acts definitely put, kind of put a, a stop to all of their, their, their intended, like, bravado, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and his... His act, he puts on this act where he basically doesn't commit to anything. Because what they say is, here's all this money and you'll get even more when you come to the White Tower with us. Which, I don't know, who would take that offer? It's so threatening. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it would be the stupidest thing in the world for him to walk into the White Tower. Because, I mean, the Aes Sedai have like a long history of doing only one thing to men who can channel. Yeah, exactly. And But he says basically, oh, you know... That sounds great, but uh, I got a bunch of stuff to do right now, so maybe later. He acts really arrogant and kind of stupid, and mm-hmm. they just eat it up. Yep. Um, and then they, and then he tells them basically to f- piss off. Like, and by the way, don't come within a mile of me. Yeah, I like the way he does it too. He's co- he's, co- he's couching in terms of for your own protection, but he's like, yeah, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> I, I know. I love how he says it. He's like, you know, it would be a real shame if a spear ended up in your ribs or something like that. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, we agree with that at least. And uh, and they leave. Yeah. So that went pretty well, actually. Yeah, I think uh, he didn't Rand... he didn't offend them. He didn't agree to anything. He didn't give away too much. Mm-hmm. And on the way out, he asks how Alviarin is doing. Yeah, he, it's like a little throwaway thing, but he's like he's totally game. What is it, Game of Thrones thing? Sorry, Game. Absolutely, of... yeah. He's like he's manipulating them with these little questions, and sure enough, one of them speaks up, and he's like, aha. All right, that person knows all the RN, or is... Yeah, Galena Kazban does. Yeah. Which I think means she's Black Aja. I completely agree, because we're pretty sure that all the RN... Wait, we do, know. We, do we already know she's... We already know she's Black Aja, actually. Isn't do she we? the cat one? No, no. She's the... I think her name might be Galena, too. But this one is... Uh, there was the scene earlier on where, like, the Red Aja on the, with the younglings was meeting with the Aiel... And she was like, but secretly, I'm a dark friend. Oh, and she meets with Galena, yeah. and Galena's like, I'm your superior dark friend. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay, so we did already know that. But, but I, think you're, I think you're right. This is an additional hint at that, yeah. because uh, she's, I think she's red Aja. Yeah. And Alviarin is uh, gray, right? White. White. 
He's a white Aja. Yeah. And normally so, they don't have friendships between those. So I don't think he's twigged to the, that they're black Aja yet, but he definitely knows that they're affection. Yep. Agreed. Then after they've left, Egwene sticks around a bit. She tries to learn traveling from him. And we, we get some more of this, I think it's a, you know, separate but equal channeling system <laughs> thing. Yeah. I, I do think it's kind of cool. Like, I actually wish that they would spend more time, like, they being Rand and Egwene, talking about, like, channeling. Because, like, they're both people who have, like, a, bri- a wide breadth of knowledge. They could probably benefit from each other's experience. I think they could. If they were but... willing to, like, quit fighting for ten fucking seconds. They always <laughs> give up as soon as they can't cast exactly the same spells. Yeah. Like, but... in this case, for Rand, traveling is bending the pattern and boring a hole through it. And for Egwene, it, she thinks it's something like creating a similarity in the pattern. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, yeah, it... it it's very possible that they could sort these things out if they were willing to spend a little time fiddling with it, you know? Yeah. I bet Elaine would. Mm, uh, yeah. yeah, true. Elaine's Elaine seems best. very... Uh, t- seems to approach stuff very uh, Scientifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Egwene leaves. So we get a little bit more from the Aes Sedai's perspective, and they totally notice the presence of a channeler in the room with them. Oh, yeah. it must be Moraine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, Nesune is clever. I, I actually kind of like her. Just like she seems very, very, um, she's she's very observant. She picks things up, and she seems to be thinking about everything. Very. Yeah, I like her too. I hope she doesn't die. Yeah, I mean, she's probably gonna die. <laughs> she's but, a brown, right? Yeah, I was, I was wondering. I was like, do I just like all the browns? <laughs> Am I a brown Aja? I don't know. Well, I have noticed. Apparently, when you're a brown Aja, you spend a lot of time tapping your lips with your finger thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. Varian does that a lot too. That's what you do when you're thinking. Is you tap your lips to short dress. Indeed. Very interesting. Also, apparently Rand's question actually sowed a little discord too. Because mm-hmm. they're like, how do you know Alviaran? Or why do you talk to Alviaran? And she's like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not friends with Alviaran. No reason, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like kind of put a fracture in the in his opposition just by that yeah. little question. Very game of houses he. <laughs> yeah, it is. I want to point out at the very end, Nisune is talking about writing a book about Rand. And that makes, I think, three now? Because we've got uh, Loyal, who's writing oh, yeah. his, his history of the dragon. And uh, I think Viren has been talking about, like, she's been making notes about Rand every time she sees him. So <laughs> got three running Rand books going on right now. <laughs> it's like do the... You, do you think they're published by Random House? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's Rand Altor. Oh, that's good. Because of fantasy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. fantasy did there. It's fantasy that Tor published. Yeah. Oh, Tor did yeah. this one too, yeah. yeah. That's right. Clever. That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, they were both good. As long as it's not Pearson, because fuck Pearson. <laughs> you hear that, Pearson? Yeah. yeah they, if you're listening, Pearson, fuck you. <laughs> Mr. Pearson. John, John Pearson. Pearson. <laughs> as everyone knows his name is. <laughs> so, that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 28 through 31 of Lord of Chaos. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're so likable. Until next time, the the light light illumine you. you.